This is the Faith Debate, a theological roundtable gab fest with the Mixed Master as the Master of Ceremonies and the notorious Triple B, the Big Bridge Builder. Can we build it? Yes, we can. The Faith Debate is a free-for-all forum where faith community leaders wrestle over the truth. In less than 30 minutes, learn more about what really matters than others learn in a month. Oh, how convenient. Are you ready for a clash of ideas? Are you ready for the sound of freedom? Uh, let's get ready to rumble! Let's get ready to rumble. Ah, yeah! In this corner, weighing in with a master of divinity from Reformed Theological Seminary, the faith debate master of ceremonies, Troy Skinner. Got a moron. And in this corner, weighing in as a pastor, teacher, and founder of Bridges, connecting needs and resources in the local community, the notorious big bridge builder, John Swicer. I'm just getting warmed up. John Swicer playing hooky again. He doesn't know what he's missing. But I'm here, and Thomas Bonifield is here. This is our fourth and uh, it'll probably be our final show in this arc of episodes of the Faith Debate. We're focusing on a brand new movie that's out, Miracle on Christmas. And by this time, I imagine you've seen it. You've probably watched it three or four times. If not, what are you waiting for? It's been available since November 3rd. Come on. Chop, chop. Let's go. It's, can you can you spell stocking stuffer? Um, seriously, it's getting rave reviews from the critics. Um, if you like the hallmark style of movie you know the the brightness and the cheeriness and the, and the vibrance of the production value and all that sort of stuff and excellent music in that you're gonna like this movie but if you're not a fan of hallmark because it's about a mile wide and an inch deep if you know what i mean this isn't that this is a movie that tackles serious issues uh, people's wrestling with faith issues and 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 life challenges and and overcoming through Christ uh, faith in Christ and it's a distinctly Christian message that's in this movie. So I have not seen it yet, but I've seen the trailer. I've read a bunch of stuff about it. I've now spent uh, probably all together uh, two two and a half hours talking with the writer and director of the movie, and I have utmost confidence that I'm going to love it, and I trust that you will too. You can find it at Amazon. You can find it at Walmart. You can find it at Target and. Well, and you can find more information about it at MiracleOnChristmas.com. Well, enough of the commercial. Um, welcome back to the show, Thomas. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Troy. It's been a real pleasure. So I got to ask you, 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 you know, we've if, 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 we've spent the last three shows talking about the movie, the story, the production, the, your, your your story behind the story, uh, your background as as a Christian man, and and your your experience uh, living in Frederick uh, for. for your, some of your formative years, graduating from TJ, all that sort of stuff. And something that struck me is you're making this movie. You've written some screenplays and done some TV stuff. You're a journalist, so you, you understand communication and writing, all that sort of But still, a full-length feature film, you you write the screenplay, not really having ever done anything like that before. You go and peddle it to people and, and get shot down by some people, get accepted by some people who help you then to navigate through. You then not only wrote the movie, but you directed the movie too. And in the process of all that, you had to have learned a ton about the movie-making business uh, in general and the Christian movie-making business more specifically. And so I thought, what a great opportunity for us to pick your brain on those things. Now, you might have a particularly unique vantage point on to share some insight. 
Yeah, absolutely. It was quite an education. Yeah, but, but before we get into some well, of that, oh, uh, hold that thought for one second. Is this a full-time job for you? Are you a full-time movie maker now? Are you going to be making more and more movies? From your lips, brother, to God's ears. That's my plan. <laughs> okay, so if well, this does well, then yes is the answer probably. If it yeah. doesn't, I may be one and done to borrow from uh, the current college basketball landscape. <laughs> yeah, well, I, it doesn't sound like that's going to be the case. So you were going to say you've learned some things, and I and I rudely interrupted. What were you about to say? Oh, I was going to say, and I, I paid a lot for it because I actually also financed the movie largely. So I trusting God and taking a large step of faith here and betting on myself, so to speak. Well, that's it. Well, so if this movie doesn't pan out and it should end up, God forbid, being one and one, one and done, uh, uh, what other kind of work? Are you still a journalist? What other kind of work are you doing? Well, I do. I run my own website tracking the Christian movie business, but it's a hobby more than anything. So, yes, I'll be uh, praying feverishly and pounding the pavement if it doesn't pan out. <laughs> what do you mean by tracking the the Christian movie making business? What does that mean? Keeping oh, tabs. I, on... I write articles about movies that are coming out or things that are in development or you know figures who are well known in the the faith based. Yeah. See. Okay. Well, then then you are perfectly equipped. Perfectly equipped to talk about what we're talking about here uh, now as we transition to talking about movies that aren't yours. So yeah, some of some of the more um, uh, popular movies, more well-known movies of recent years would include like there was the animated movie a couple of years ago called The Star. And, mm. that, and that was that was uh, that was a good Christian uh, movie, uh, you know, kind of I mean. In this, if you liked Veggie Tales, you really liked the star. Um, we had some big Hollywood names voice some of those characters too. Yeah, um, I think Oprah Winfrey's in that. Yes, I do believe, and yeah. Zachary Levi is also one of the characters I remember. So yeah, so they didn't have they, they didn't have just uh, Christian voices in that animated movie, but big names nonetheless. Um, Soul Surfer was very popular about a decade ago. Um, you know, The Shack, uh, the movie did okay. The book was uh, a runaway bestseller. Uh, mm. Son of God, God's Not Dead, that that one did uh, really well. And, and the, the song by the Newsboys did really well from that movie. That's about yeah. five or six years ago. Uh, Miracles from Heaven was a box office, a uh, reasonably big box office success. The War Room, a Kendrick's brother movie, was uh, was really successful. I can only imagine just, you know, what was a couple of years ago and uh, has somebody in it that was in your movie as well. That was a smash success. Heaven is for Real was a pretty big movie. And, of course, the thing that kind of relaunched the whole uh, possibility for people realizing there was an interest in Christian movies. You've got to go back about 15, 16 years for The Passion of the Christ, the Mel Gibson movie, which is very different than all the other ones I just mentioned. Uh, you know, being rated R, none of the other ones are. But what a what an interesting smattering of movies we have there. Some of yeah, them. Yeah, and I think. Oh, sorry. No, some of them yeah. very faithfully, you know, Christian, I think, and some of them not so much. So, what were you going to say? What do you have to say about this smattering of I movies? I was going to say you really run the gamut there, I and mean, from Passion of the Christ, which is an outlier in so many ways. I mean, first of all, it generated you know three hundred and something million dollars in U.S. box office only, which is far and away the most profitable Christian movie because Mel Gibson paid about 30 million of his own month to make it. Uh, and, and nothing else is even in that range. Um, and it's, you know, it's 
it's about the savior, of course, so it's got a huge built-in audience, uh, and it's a really violent movie, uh, unlike most other faith-based movies. Um, and then some of the ones that you've mentioned, like The Shack, I mean, they're, they've got, you know, there's an intellectual property franchise there with a book that precedes the thing. So again, you've got the built-in audience, which filmmakers always like to have because that lowers the risk that the thing's going to perform poorly financially, which is one of the reasons you see so many movies of all genres, not just faith-based, that come out of you know literary endeavors initially. Uh, but I would say, you know, when you're looking at these Christian movies, the faith-based ones, of all stripes, whether they're really, you know, dogmatically hold close to biblical Christianity as we know it, or if they take some liberties, as uh, some of them do, if you have a successful Christian movie, you're, you're looking at something in the range, a theatrical, theatrically released one, you're looking at something in the range of 35 to $40 million at the box office. Uh, so the Mel Gibson thing is a complete outlier, and I mean, really, there's nothing to be learned there, frankly, in terms of what do we do in terms of making our own faith-based movie. Right, he did ten um, times that at the box office. Oh, yes, there's <laughs> nothing close. I mean, the next closest one's like a hundred million, and and those are also outliers. Like, oh, I can only imagine from a few years ago the Barton Millard story. He's you know the lead singer in Mercy Me, which is one of the most well-known Christian rock bands out there right. arguably uh, the uh, most successful christian band of all time i mean i'm, I'm not yeah, sure well, they is... certainly have the most successful christian song contemporary one of all time that's yeah, for sure yeah uh, but that did something like 86 million domestic box office which again is an absolute outlier that was from the Irwin brothers who are one of the two big christian filmmaking teams uh going right now um in the shack and uh, Miracles from Heaven also were in like the $80, $90 million range, if memory serves. Um, but typically, if it's a good one, you know, Kendrick Brothers, Courageous, Fireproof, um, Overcomer, you're looking at somewhere in the $30 million range for what they can do. So that necessarily, you know, you've got to back that backtrack to, okay, how much are we going to spend on this movie to make the kind of money we need to make to make it a profitable endeavor? And I think, you know, for my, and I'm still a long way from this range myself, but, you know, I think somewhere in the like $5 million range, you start crossing that on the budget and you're heading out into risky territory in terms of making back your money. Because that's only, the production budget is only what you're spending to actually shoot and edit the movie, basically. And then you're going to have a huge P&A advertising budget on top of that, which is going to probably at least equal that and sometimes it might be more so you start going north of five million on that production and you're really taking a chance on whether you're going to make a profitable movie now in this space now i'm wondering and you might have some insight on this why is that now the case because back in the when i when i was a but a young chap uh, in the 1970s, Jesus of Nazareth was made, and that's, uh, you know, regarded by many as one of the all-time great uh, Christian genre movies, and it's been very successful over the years. And if you want to go back even further, in the 1950s, you had Ben-Hur, which is still considered mm. an all-time classic movie. Oh, yeah, for uh, sure. You know, and, um, you know, Black Narcissist, I've seen that. That was, you know, interesting movie. Ten Commandments, I mean... Who hasn't watched that every single year on TV for their whole life with uh, with right. <laughs> you know with Chuck Heston? Uh, and, 
and those those are box office box, box office successes and even even movies that weren't overtly about Christ or bible stories like you know Sergeant York from the 1940s is about uh you know, uh, a, a Christian man who, who struggles with his conscience uh, in World War One, and you know, it's a, it's an overtly you know Christian themed movie. It did well. It did exceptionally well at, at the box office. Um, and, and then you know, so that's the forties, the fifties, maybe into the sixties, and if you want to go with Jesus of Nazareth, get into the seventies. But then, but then the nineteen eighties come, and you have movies like Last Temptation of Christ. Like so, like what happened there? Because <laughs> yeah, I mean that that that's offensive to Christians, right? I mean, so yeah. so wh- how is it that we have these very successful, very highly funded, and then very successful in the box office and highly regarded critically movies in the you know the golden age of movie making, I guess, and then the the wheels come off with the Last Temptation of Christ and. It kind of stays with the wheels left off until about fifteen years ago, sixteen years ago, when Passion of the Christ comes out. Mm. What happened? Do you have a sense of that? I think those those the older ones that you're talking about those were huge studio productions. I think both <clears throat> those Charlton Heston movies, uh, Ben Hur and Ten Commandments, were MGM pictures, if I remember correctly. And if they weren't, they were another big studio. So you had huge studio money behind them. They're done on a grand scale, and I think. You know, to their credit, they largely stayed true to the faith, whereas movies like that Last Temptation of the Christ, I mean, clearly there's like virtually nothing to do with anything in the Bible there. So your core audience, who people who either are believers or have some affinity for Christianity, are going to be turned off by those kinds of movies. And I think Hollywood is a different place now than it was, obviously, back in the golden days, uh, and they don't. You know, there's not much reverence out there for faith-based issues, or hasn't been traditionally. Though I think, you know, we're in a moment now where there's money attached to these movies if they're done right, and that's kind of changing the view in Hollywood, because the Kendrick Brothers, for instance, the the top dogs in the Christian movie-making business, they work with Sony Pictures. The Irwin Brothers just last year signed a huge deal with Lionsgate, and they're latest movie, which got kind of scuttled after one week in the theaters because of coronavirus, I still believe was off to a really good start. It, in fact, led the box office on the first Friday night it was out of all movies in America. Uh, And they've got another one coming out about Kurt Warner, the NFL Hall of Famer who played for, he won a Super Bowl with the LA Rams, or the St. Louis Rams when they were still there, and played in another Super Bowl for the Cardinals and is a devout Christian. So, you know, they're and they're bringing in big-time Hollywood names that I, I still believe had a young New Zealand actor who's in a very popular teen show called uh, Riverdale, I believe it is. His name's K.J. Appa, and he played the lead. He played Jeremy Kemp in that. An actress named Britt Robertson was his love interest in the story, and Gary Sinise, who's also a devout Christian, was the father, and Shania Twain, the country music legend, was the mother. So they're they're going kind of Hollywood in some ways, at the top end of the spectrum here in the faith-based space. And as a Christian movie financier, I know sort of distantly once said, you know, they don't call this the movie party, they call it the movie business. It doesn't matter if you're making 
you know, thrillers, horror movies, or faith-based stuff in that sense. If you can make money at it, you're going to have interest from Hollywood. And I think they're finally, their eyes are being reopened after a period of slumber to the fact that, you know, the faith-based audience is out there, it's large, and it's got money. So if you can cater to, cater to their interests and deliver quality productions, you can make a lot of money. He's Thomas Bonifield, writer-director of a new movie that's out this year called Miracle on Christmas. You can get yours at Walmart, Target, Amazon, places like that. Go to their website, MiracleOnChristmas.com, and learn more. I'm Troy Skinner. This is The Faith Debate on 930 WFMD. And I hear what you're saying, but, you know, it's a little bit frustrating. When Facing the Giants first came out, my wife and I thought, oh, our nephews would probably love this movie. We bought it for them, gave it to them as a as a birthday present or a Christmas present. I can't remember which. And 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 they watched it and, and they thought it was okay. But they gave it back and and you know they weren't interested in keeping it and rewatching it and rewatching it. And we were a little bit surprised because they like football, but they're not mm-hmm. maybe committed to the faith in the way that uh, my wife and I are. And the feedback we got from them was. Well, no, my brother-in-law, actually, you know, nobody lives like that. And so we're like, wait a minute. We do. <laughs> we, <laughs> we, we sure try to. I mean, we're, we pray together and, you know, we, we, we try to be firmly committed to living a biblical life. And so sometimes these movies are so on the nose for a Christian-only audience, that those are only loosely connected to Christian. They might identify as Christian, but they're not deeply involved in the faith. Maybe they don't connect. And so a movie like Chariots of Fire, which is an overtly Christian movie in a lot of ways, uh, can be appreciated by a broader audience. Is there something good for th- from that, though? Or is Chariots of Fire you know, not uh, helpful enough because it's not on the nose enough? Should we be thinking in terms of having movies that proselytize better or movies that are going to be connecting in a, in a more subtle way with a broader audience. Yeah, I think that connecting in a more subtle way with a broader audience is kind of the, the unicorn of uh, the faith-based filmmaking world. It's, it's so hard to do that. And I think beyond, you know, divine providence orchestrating it, it's virtually impossible. And, when you're looking at it from a monetary perspective, and you cannot not do that, because as I said, it's it's the movie-making business, and that applies to us as faith-based, faith-based filmmakers as well as it does to secular filmmakers. If you can't make it viable financially, you're not going to be making movies. And if you, to the neglect of your core constituency, meaning church-attending Christians, go for the broader audience, you end up in the no-man's land with no constituency. You're not going to get the ones who you really can count on, and you're not going to get the ones who you hope to bring into the tent. So, you know, my sense, generally speaking, is you take care of your core constituency, people who like faith-based movies, who are typically church-attending Christians, and, you know, make it as appealing as possible to people who might be outside of the scope of that group. But you cannot neglect that core group or you're going to have nobody watching your movie. And that's why I think they're generally speaking, when you don't consider the outliers, the general rule 
is, you know, 35 to 40 million for a box office release of a faith-based movie because that is your core constituency and that's the kind of money they're bringing to the table. Unless you, you know, have a stars aligning, pardon the expression, Mel Gibson, Passion of the Christ, or on a lesser scale, you know, Miracles from Heaven, or I can only imagine, which, you know, are going to do 80 or 90, maybe 100 million at the domestic box office. Yeah, but I think the part of it is just this, this, um, insidious almost bias that the hollywood folks would have because they they have thrown big money at a few movies that they were hoping to be blockbusters like noah comes to mind uh five or six Mm -hmm. years ago and i don't know how that ended up doing in the box office but i think it was a disappointment because they spent a ton of money the special effects on that were outrageous and but the problem is it's not based on the bible story it's based on the extra biblical uh uh uh, writings of a long time ago. And so people who are well-versed Christians who are well-versed in the Bible didn't recognize anything going on in that movie almost. It was it was weird. Uh, and then, of course, because it was positioned as a Christian Bible-based movie, you know, the non-Christian, you know, audience really wasn't as interested in maybe seeing it either. And yet it can be done successfully because we have the Chronicles of Narnia movies where they big budget, lots of special effects. And I think the Christian audiences have mostly liked it. And the uh, the, the not necessarily Christian audiences have gravitated and hopefully gotten a, a good message from it as well. So maybe they just need to have people like you help them to understand what a Christian understands about the Bible and about Christian living and Am I, am I off base? Or are they ever going to get it? No, I think you're right on the money, and that's why you see people like Sony Pictures doing a deal with the Kendrick brothers, who are former pastors and filmmakers, and you see Lionsgate doing a deal with the Irwin brothers, who are devout Christians, and you see people like Paramount Pictures doing a deal with Devon Franklin, who was the man behind, or one of the men behind uh, The Star, that animated Christmas movie that you referenced earlier, because they understand there's money to be made here, we don't know how to deliver what we need to get our hands on that money. We need to bring in people who are part of that community who can help us access those folks who are going to support this kind of filmmaking. Well, I mean, it's come a long way. I remember the, the early, some of the uh, some of the movies that were attempted to made to be like spot on Christian movies, like the Cristiano Brothers. You know, a little cheesy, low budget, right? And we've come a long way from that, that's for sure. You mentioned the Irwin brothers and the Kendrick brothers. What's with all these brothers? Do you have a brother? You gotta get. <laughs> I, I do, but he's actually like 20 years younger than me. And he's a you gotta start making movies with your brother. <laughs> Maybe he can make, write my contract next time. But they're not all good. You know, I mentioned, you know, some of the, you know, Heaven is for Real. Eh, you know, okay. Um, the Shack. Loaded with heresy. We actually had William Paul Young on this show a couple of years ago, by the way, and uh, talking cool. about his movie and his book and uh, asking him to defend it theologically. And so that was kind of interesting and fun. So not all anything that's labeled Christian is necessarily Christian. And so, no doubt. So we got to be careful. But yours is, it seems. I mean, everything I, I, I'm finding out about it and you tells me that it is. So congratulations. Uh, the movie, again, is Miracle on Christmas. The, the website is MiracleOnChristmas.com. It's available right now. we got 12 days till Christmas, so you can run out right now today. Go buy it to 
beautiful stock, stocking stuffer. And I'm not getting any residuals for this. Probably sound like a, I'm hawking uh, stuff on the, uh, what's that jewelry channel where they're always selling stuff? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Jim TV or uh, QVC. Yeah, exactly. I feel like a QVC person. I'm not, not meaning to, but uh, I'm excited that we've got somebody else now entering the fray to make uh, movies that are faithful. And this isn't a Bible story. This is a, a story about a Christian life, about somebody who's living the Christian life and having struggles and overcoming through their faith in Jesus Christ. And so that's really exciting. So, uh, Thomas Bonifield, thank you so much for being on the show. Uh, any, any final words in 30 seconds you'd want to share? I think that while I'm targeting generally the faith-based community, that there's a lot in this movie that will have general appeal. We're talking about serious life issues, life and death issues, and the hope we find in the birth of Christ, uh, which really is the only hope ultimately that will remain unshaken despite your life circumstances. And I think that the, the broader issues that are touched on here, fidelity and familial relations, uh, love, support, reconciliation, forgiveness, redemption are things that are virtues that are respected across the faith-based spectrum, and I think there'll be enough here that we'll engage a general audience, and I hope people will give the movie a chance. And I think it's going to leave them with an uplifting, hope-inspiring message at the Christmas season. Well, thank you so much for your time with us on the show. I look forward to not only seeing this movie, but seeing your second, third, and fourth movie as well. Well, thank you. Uh, <laughs> keep me in your prayers that it, it happens. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I yeah, don't get too big ahead. All right. <laughs> oh my, he keeps me humble. No worries. God knows where my buttons are. Knows how to push them. So that's never going to happen. Again, you can find information about the movie at miracleonchristmas.com. You can find us online at wfmd.com. Keyword faith. Find me on Facebook, LinkedIn, Parlor, MeWe, all those places. You follow me. I'll follow you. Till next week, 167 and a half hours from right now, God bless and joyous Advent season to you and yours.